Church, we are in a series called Overcoming Hurts, Habits, and Hang-Ups. I mean, if we're honest, we're in church, we should be. If we're honest, we all got issues, right? Some of you might be sitting next to your issue, right? Don't, don't look at, do not look at them. That will be very awkward. So, do not. We got issues, but here's the reality. Even though we're messed up, even though we have these problems, God still calls us to be an example for others to follow. Like, that is the title of the message, an example to follow. And that's, that's, I mean, even for your pastor, that's a struggle. I've told you stories about me driving and the issues there, but here's the thing. My driving isn't the issue. It's, it's your driving that I have the issue with. That's the problem. So, um, but to give you an ex- idea of how sometimes your pastor isn't an example to follow, Jake, one time you and I were driving, it wasn't that long ago, Jake is my 16-year-old son, and we're driving in a car, and he's got his license, but he hasn't had it all that long, so I need to be this, 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 right, this example. And so we're driving, and we're at this intersection that turns into my neighborhood. Understand something. It, now, you might think you have the longest red light that turns left, and you, know, you, you know where that is. You don't. I mean, unless you live in my neighborhood, then you do. So, because the longest red light in the tri-state area is right where I live. So, anyway, we sit there, and you can read the novel War and Peace, and still, it still doesn't turn. Anyway, so, we're sitting there, and it's later. So, it's dark. I mean, no cars around. It's red. I mean, there, I can see no headlights in any direction. It's like the apocalypse had happened, and we're the only two souls left in, on, on the earth. I'm like, seriously? And we're waiting. And we're waiting. And finally, I don't know if this is the Holy Spirit, I don't want to say that, but I felt this nudge, and my foot started to move from the brake to the gas, and I found myself just turning the corner like this. And I thought to myself, maybe he won't recognize it. Maybe he won't even know what's happening. And all of a sudden, I look over, and he's staring right at me. I'm like, Jake, I know. Okay, there's some examples you shouldn't follow, but honestly, I think that light is broken. I'm going to write a letter to the city. I don't know, but we just ran it. But some things... Okay, so I'm not an example to follow when it comes to driving. Don't act like you're perfect. Jesus gave an example, you guys. It's insane. The last example he gave the disciples, the last illustration, they they would be so bewildered. I'm not going to give it away now. We're going to read it together. It's found in the Gospel of John. John is a book in the New Testament. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you brought your Bibles or your mobile app, I want you to go there and follow along. It's very important. Um, If you don't have that, bring it next time. But if you don't have it, we'll put it on the screen. But in John, and gospel just means good news. Just so you know, that's what the word gospel means. Good news. Jesus is good news. John is writing this story, and it is the last illustration. When I tell you that, we're talking the next day Jesus would go to the cross. So that's that's how last illustration it is. Um, It's at a setting in an upper room. We, we call it uh, the Last Supper is what we would refer to it as. And, and John 13 verse 1 is what we're, where we're going to go together on a journey. This is how it starts. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew the hour had come to leave the world and return to the Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. I love that. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God, and that he would return to God. Pause. Do you see it? 
What Jesus already knew determined what he would do. What Jesus, he knew where he had come from and he knew where he was going. What he knew determined what he would do. See, when you know who you are and whose you are, oh, when you know the end is already secured for you, it changes how you live today. I promise you it will. It, when hard times come, when opposition comes, you, won't, you don't have to freak out. Actually, when difficult seasons come, you may just find yourself celebrating, knowing that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Jesus knew whose he was. Verse 4, so Jesus, this is where it starts to get weird, Jesus gets up from the table, takes off his robe, wraps a towel around his waist, and pours water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel around him. When Jesus, they didn't understand what was happening. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter's like, Lord! Are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus is like, you know, you don't understand now what I'm doing. But someday, someday you will. Who's that for? Some of you in a season right now. Some of you in a trial right now. Some of you in a, a bad place right now. And you're like, I don't get it. I do not get this situation. I don't understand why. I don't understand what is going on. Here, here's the promise. If you keep seeking the Lord. If you keep trusting, if you don't give up, I know it doesn't make sense today, but someday, someday it will. After washing their feet, verse 12 now, after washing their feet, he puts on his robe, Jesus sits down, and he asks the 12 a question. Do you understand what I'm doing? And they're probably like, mm, no, they don't get it. You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right. Because that's what I am. And since I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each, other, uh, each other's feet. I have given you, here it is, an example to follow. Do as I have done to you, the Lord says. I tell you the truth, a servant is not greater than his master. Nor is a messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, disciples, God will bless you for doing them. And you know they have to be thinking, for doing what? Lord, washing feet? Like, like Jesus, you are the most powerful person in the world. Like, like Thanos with every infinity stone has nothing on you. Like you are everything. People, you... You're the king of king and lord of lords. And this is the example. This is your final illustration. Like, like of all the things we've heard, of all the things we've seen, and all the things that you've shown us, all the signs, all the wonders, all the miracles, this is the finale? Pedicures? Like, I don't get, I don't get it. Have you seen some feet? Have you seen Bartholomew's feet? He got that long toe next to the big toe, bigger than that big snaggle toe. Look at that. You know who you are. So big snaggle toe. I ain't washing that. They don't, they're like, I'm not. See, they're used to servants, slaves washing the feet of a, Jesus is their master, their teacher, the son of a living God. And he says, do this? That's almost repulsive. I contend it's one of the 
greatest illustrations ever when it comes to leadership. This isn't the first time that Jesus kind of set the tone with this servant leadership mindset. Uh, not, not that far earlier, before they got to this night, Jesus talked to them once again about it. It, it actually starts out funny because it, James and John, two disciples, were involved in this. Actually, their mom was involved in this. Their, their mommy came to Jesus on behalf of them and said, Jesus, I, wanna, I have a favor. When you, when you enter and you, when you establish your kingdom, Jesus, I'd like my boys, you know, John, Johnny, and James over there, Jimmy, I'd like them to sit on your right and your left, right next to you. It's like you, it's so funny. It, I, I just picture her as a helicopter mom, don't you? I mean, right, you, parents, you know, about the, they just fly in anytime so there's the first thought of trouble or adversity or any kind of a struggle going on, they're going to rescue their children. We got to let our kids experience some struggle, don't we? We got to let our, our kids experience some hardship, I think. I remember Ava's not in this service, but Ava, when she was just tiny little Ava, my daughter, we're at the, she's taking swimming lessons and they're, I'm like, they're not, they just ain't working, they ain't taking. So I'm like, I'll teach her how to swim. This won't be hard. So we're, we're there, and little Ava, I'm talking to her. We're right at the pool right there that day, and the pool's right here. It's five, six feet of water. And I said, Ava, today Dad's going to help you learn to swim. You ready? And I just push her in. I'm just kidding. It's Jody that pushed her in. But anyway, that doesn't matter. So uh, and that's, none of that story is true either. But anyway, I'm just saying, we have to, she's fine. We have to, so helicopter mom rushes in. And, and, and the other disciples heard about it, and they were ticked. They were like, James and John, how dare you try to get the head seat at the table? So they start to bicker. And Jesus comes in, and he says, listen, this is the perfect time to give you another illustration. And he says this. Where am I at? Uh, Matthew, 20, uh, Matthew 20, 25. But the disciples, or Jesus called the disciples together after this mayhem. You know, you guys, that rulers... In the world, lord it over their people. Officials flaunt their authority over, over others, that they must be under them. But among you, it must be different. Say different. Different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must first be a servant. You hear? He's, he's, mm. Whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man, don't miss this, came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus, the Savior of the world, who had every right to, to demand his servants and his disciples serve him, does the opposite. He could have everybody serving. What does he come to do? Serve others. Give to others. Give his life away. It's so, I mean, we see leadership as like power and status and authority. That's what leaders are. That's what the world says. Jesus is so different. I wrote down, Jesus shows us it's all about love, humility, and service. It's, it's countercultural. I'm telling you, you, you listen to any, a lot of leadership, I love leadership seminars, and I, I get into leadership big time, but a lot of times, if you, if you really lean in, some of them, the, the message is all about, well, let's put it this way, the world would say, how do you know you have a good leader? Well, how many people do they lead? That tells you they're a good leader. But Jesus doesn't say that. 
Jesus says it's not based on how many people you lead, but it's based on how many people you serve. Because at the end of the day, that's what truly changes the world. I wash feet, he says. Now you do the same. This is the example to follow. It's crazy what he's saying. Here's what I know about you. Anybody watching online, anybody listening, 14 years from now, I bet this is true. You want to make a difference. In some capacity, I believe you do. I believe that with all my heart. You want, you want purpose. We talk about it all the time at the church. But here's what I find. Many people want to live the purpose, but they don't want the perspiration that's required to live the purpose. So we, we want, oh, I want to be in the game, coach. I want to start. I want to be on the starting team. I just don't want to practice. Right? Isn't that our mindset a lot of times? Or worse yet, or worse yet, I'm not even in the game, but I'm, I'm going to tell everybody else how to play the game. That's, I mean, why is it the people, the people who want to give the most help and advice are the people who have no clue what they're doing? Sometimes that's me. I, gotta, I have to tell you, you know, my golf game sucks. And uh, so my friends and I golf, uh, <laughs> we golf a couple times a year and we get together and I'm the worst of the four. And... Uh, but I took these online lessons last year, and, and the coach or this guy had me recording my swing, and he showed me the swing plane. He said, Monty, you got to shallow the swing and get under the swing plane. And I'm like, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. Anyway, so, but I'm listening. So, so I understood it. I just can't do it. But that's the problem. So we go golfing, and my friends are golfing, and when they're teeing off, I'm recording them with that app. And I'm like, let's see how they do it. So I'm recording, and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, don't worry about it. So I'm recording and recording. And then we get done with nine holes, and we take a break before the next nine. And we're in there hanging out, having a sandwich or whatever. And I'm like, hey, guys. I said, look at this. And I said, look at your swing here. And he's like, what are you talking about? I said, look at Here's the swing plane. And you're over the swing. You're, you're coming over the top. That's terrible. And he's like, you just lost 14 balls in nine holes. I mean, you're telling me? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I know I lost those. But anyway, you're under the... Anyway, <laughs> anyway yeah. Why is it? <laughs> we're, but we're going to fix others, right? We're going to help others. We're going to... I'm going to save them. Here's the problem. Jesus didn't call us to save people. He called us to serve people because save people, serve people. That's what we do. If you're saved, you're a servant. This is what the Lord's example to us. This is the example we are to follow. When we serve people, it opens the door for Jesus to change people. Do not miss this. We can't change them. We can't save them. They can't change us. They can't save us. When we serve people, it opens the door for Jesus to change people. Right now, our church is experiencing amazing growth. It's, it's, it's incredible. And it, it, it also, I mean, it, it's crazy because 95% of the churches in America aren't growing. 95% are uh, stagnant, like plateauing, you would say, or declining. So, and, and what I hear sometimes is like, you know, if God wants his church to grow, he'll grow it. And I'm like, my answer is bold, larky. We'll keep it PG-13. Bold, lark. God wants his church to grow. I know that. Jesus did not die on a cross for his church not to grow. Oh, so it's all about the numbers then. Yep, it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because every number has a name. And every name has a story. 
And every story matters to God. You matter to God. Look up here. What you're going through matters to God. Why do you think you're here? Why do you think he would bring you to his house to lean into you and give you a word? You matter to God so much. When, when we serve people, it opens the door for Jesus to change people. I love that. And I love that you're here, and I love that you're coming. I love that you're attending. But if, if that's all you ever do is just come and attend and never lean in deeper, you're, you won't be fulfilled the way you want to be, I promise you. you. You won't be fulfilled. I say that from experience. I don't say that from a place of anything else. I'm just telling you from experience. And the devil, so good at, like, conning us and deceiving us. Oh, you know, you don't, you don't have time to do this or that right now because you're in a season and you're busy and all this stuff so you can't serve and no time for that. Um, we just, he just tries to convince us, you know, well, when things aren't as busy, then you can serve or then you can get whatever it is, then you can do it. Things will always be busy. You know, there's one season and then the next season, it, it's just what he wants to just delay it. Or, or we tell ourselves, when I, get, when I get myself together, you know, when, when things are finally in order, when I'm not so messed up, listen, if we wait until we're not messed up to serve, ain't no one showing up because none of us are here. We, were the disciples messed up that night when Jesus washed their feet? Oh my gosh. Do you want to know what happened after the old feet washing session? Peter, was he messed up? Uh, later that night, Peter chopped a dude's ear off and then lied about knowing Jesus three times. I, I think they were pretty jacked up. They were messed up, but they were God's plan. They, they, and they were plan A. That was it. God's equipping them to, to be the church. When we serve people, it opens the door for Jesus to change people. And serving, you know this, and if you don't, I'll tell you, serving not only impacts the people you serve, but it impacts you. It impacts you. Do you know how it impacts you? Jesus told us in the story. It's the last thing we read in John 13. It was the 17th verse. I'll put it up again just so you catch it. Now that you know these things, what things? Washing feet, serving others, being a servant, giving your life away. God will what? Yeah. God will bless you for doing them. Like, see, I don't, I don't think a lot of people believe that. I don't. I didn't. I mean, 15 years ago, I was like, Whatever. That sounds great. I'm, that sounds great in the book, but that, that's from the, the, Jesus. That's, that's Jesus speaking. I talk to people all the time who are down, who are struggling, who are wondering, why this, why that? And I'll point them to, point them to things. Well, have you thought about like being the church and serving? I can't do that right now. I got all these issues. Well, one of the reasons you have all those issues, if God's hand isn't on you, in a certain area, if you're not being blessed, how do you expect to live an abundant life like he promises? He will bless. That's a promise from Jesus. I will bless you. Our dream teams, we, uh, we, we gather every month. We did this morning uh, for a quick rumble, we call it. We vision and we celebrate what God's doing. And actually later today, we'll, we'll break bread together and we'll eat after services only three times a year we do that, and that's a training, and that is a, uh, just a family eating. And they'll hear it from me. They've heard it so much, they probably, <laughs> they, they know what's coming. I always tell them, if I don't show up for a service on a Sunday, 
God will show up. Trust me. The word of God's going to go forth. Lives are going to change. Holy Spirit's going to move mightily. If every one of our dream team members, our, our, our volunteers don't show up, this isn't happening. It, it isn't. It, it isn't. Well, it's God's church. Yeah, you can call it God's church all you want. If people aren't serving in it, it's, it's, it's an empty God's church. That's, it is so, it's so, think about it this. If, if we, if the dream team doesn't show up, no, this is going to shock you, no coffee or donuts. Think about that for a second. Let that soak in. Come on, some of you that would really bother. I see you stacking donuts like you're playing Tetris. It's amazing. I don't know how you do. So, <laughs> no donuts. So, <laughs> I forget where I am. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I met with All Seasons Church on Wednesday. They had their last Wednesday gathering. So, I walk in a room, 60 people in the room. I'm like, holy cow. That's, that's the average church in America size. I'm like, yeah, that's what I like. So I sit down and we're casting vision, and I told all seasons, listen, as the church grows, you'll be tempted, because church plant, it's all hands on deck. Like, if you're a living, breathing entity, dogs, cats, and, well, not cats, they don't count, but dogs, so we're going to use you in some capacity. You have to, because with a church plant, a, a, a early church plant, it, you ha- it's all hands on deck. Otherwise, it, you don't make it. You don't make it. Most church plants don't make it. So I'm casting this vision with them, and I thought about this. Meadows is still a church plant. Like, we always will be. We were, we were a planted church. It's all hands on deck. And, and as we grow, sometimes we'll think, oh, things are just happening, and things are healthy, and, and it can appear that there's nothing, oh, there's no need, and there's no... I'm telling you, there are needs, deep needs for the church and I told, the last thing I told them is I said, if you're a follower of Jesus, and this goes for us here too, of course, I said, this is your mantra. It's not about me. I'm gonna, we're going to have t-shirts made. I think we got to. A follower of Jesus, it is not about me anymore. It is about, Lord, how do you want to use me? How will, what will you have for me today? What is your will today? How can I sacrifice all my plans, which suck compared to your plans, and, and live out your will? It's not about me. So key. Uh, when you surrender to Christ, a shift happens. A, a, a holy shift happens. Turn to your neighbor, say holy shift. Make sure you enunciate, okay? Enunciate that. Holy shift. You know what they said? It? <laughs> so, holy shift, it happens. And when this shift happens, welcome to Meadows, when this shift happens, something happens in you, and you realize that the church no longer exists for you, but now you exist to be the church and make an impact in the world. Look up here. To call ourselves a follower of Jesus and not be a servant, that makes zero sense. Zero. Like Jesus said, I, you model me, I am your example, I have come to serve. You do the same. Well, I don't know, Jesus. Do you really mean? I know, I think you did. And it blesses you. This is the beauty of, of the word of God. He doesn't want something from you. He's not trying to take all your time and take all your joy. He has something for you. This is the key. Oh, I wish I And there are needs. Oh, by the way, as we plant churches like all seasons, it, there's gaps. There's holes. I like that. 
I love that because I always want to have tension in the church, healthy tension. I like when there's like, oh, we don't want Martin to go and we don't, because he does this. And I'm like, send him away. Oh, I mean, Martin, I don't take that personally. I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> if you're called to go. Martin's looking at me like, what did you just say? You're talking to me? Um, but, but when people like Elizabeth and Martine and Ryan and Tori and Dave and Tanya and Emily, and, when they're called to go, whole, 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 and everybody gets all tense. I like it because it, it requires us to dig in to messages like this and say, we, there is a need. We can never get comfortable. We can never rest on our laurels. We always have to be leaning in. How does God want to use me? How does God want to change me? How does God want to change the world through me? This is what God wants to do. Holy shift happens. I got to stop saying that. So here's what I know about me. If I was never challenged by Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota to serve in a kid's ministry, I wouldn't be here today. I, I know that. I wouldn't be here. I don't know what that means for us and all this, but I know I wouldn't be here. And I had no clue at the time. You don't know the ripple effects of you saying yes to the Lord in a capacity, in any capacity, what the Lord wants to do. I just know this. When, when we serve people, it opens the door for Jesus to change people. And if you're serving on a dream team right now, I need you to know, regardless of the team you're serving on, because you say yes to the Lord each and every week and throughout the week, whatever you, wherever you serve, it allows his Holy Spirit to do his Holy Spirit work. And when that happens... Well, this happens. Check out the screen and watch this. Knowing that Jesus is, is there with me, always, and knowing that God sacrificed his son for me through the blood of Jesus on the cross means, means everything. my life I bring in more meaning you know purpose and peace into my life and I can feel with him in my life that I can accomplish anything with him in it Jesus has changed my life because he's helped me view the world differently like that I'm not here for myself but I'm here to serve others and he's helped me realize my own value and just given me more joy I want to get baptized because I want to surrender completely to Jesus I want to be obedient in every aspect of my life and surrender all to him I'm just thankful for Meadows Church 
has my family. I need to hear somebody in this place. That's what washing feet leads to. If you're new, even if you're not, the core of our faith as followers of Jesus is the fact that an almighty God humbled himself, wrapped a towel around his waist, and served. He didn't just humble himself to serve. He humbled himself to die. This is, this is, this is different. Now picture this. At the... At the washing, it's, it's crazy because we know that all 12 had their feet washed, including Judas, which is very, very telling, isn't it, of the heart of the Father. I, I, I can't imagine they're coming one by one and sitting in a chair or however it happened. All right, who do we got next? All right, Bartholomew. Oh, boy, we got that snaggletooth coming. But anyway, we're going to try to, you know, and then we got, we're washing these feet. And all of a sudden, Judas sits down. You know, in minutes, Judas will leave to turn Jesus in for money. Money. Uh, what, what was Judas thinking as, he, as the Lord? Let me think about it. He's pouring it in again, preparing for Judas, looking at him, smiling. Jesus knows what's going to happen. And I, I just, I, it blows me away. Judas, I don't know what he's thinking. Is he thinking, Jesus, this is one more reason. I'm doing what I need to do. See, the king I came to serve doesn't bow down below the people that are supposed to be serving him. And certainly doesn't grab dirty, disgusting feet and start washing them. This is why I'm going to do what I need to do. You're not the king that I was looking for. You're not going to give me what I want, Jesus. And what is Jesus thinking as he's washing Judas' feet? Judas, I've loved you with an everlasting love. I loved you from the beginning, and I'll love you to the end. Church, do me a favor, if you would. Just close your eyes. In this moment, I want you to picture you're sitting in the chair, Judas's chair. I want you to picture that because, because really you are. You and I are Judas in some capacity. We've all turned our back on Jesus in some way. We've all let Jesus down in some way. We've all betrayed him in some way. We've all said, you know what, Lord? I'm going to do things my way because your way isn't going to get me what I want. We've all been Judas. 
With your eyes closed, I want you to picture the Lord, a warm towel in his hands, knowing what you've done and knowing even what you're going to do that goes maybe against him and hurts him. And he grabs your feet. Imagine his hands, the love, the warmth, the touch of the Father. There's no condemnation in him. There's no judgment in him. There's no, there's no hate in him. And all you feel coursing through his hands that, that interact with your feet all the way up through your entire body is his love. As he slowly caresses your feet, toes one by one, gently cleansing you, gently loving you, gently being Jesus to you. The love of the Father. The reality is he washed Judas's feet the same as he washed Peter's and James and John. The thoughts going through Jesus' head would have been the same thoughts of love. That's what he has for you today. It, it should blow you away. What he wants to do in and through you. I think what he wants us to know today, based on what we've read in his word, is that we're most like him when we grab a towel and serve. That's when we're most like the Father and most like the Son and most like the Spirit, is when we do those things. Oh, doing this is very countercultural to what the world's going to tell you you should do with your life. Very countercultural. It's very different. But what did Jesus say? Among you, it must be what? Different. That's what he said in his word. In Matthew 20, read it for yourself this week again. Among you, it must be different. See, when you sign up to give your life away, it, you, people that maybe don't seek Jesus, maybe the way you're seeking Jesus at this time in your life, they're going to, it will look awfully strange. You, you go to church and then you serve at the church like you're going to a service and then you're attending a service or you're serving during the week or you're doing this or that it's almost comical in a way because my, my response is like yeah i know it's so insane that i would give jesus my sunday morning all he gave me was his life and heaven and save me from death and hell it's crazy it will look different though to the world i just tell you that straight up and that's a beautiful thing because what the world tells you is so countercultural to what the Lord tells you. I hope you're seeing that in the Word of God today. The world says things like, believe in yourself. Jesus would say, believe in me. The world says, follow your heart. Jesus would say, you need a new heart. The world says, make all you can, take all you can, so you can finally be happy. Jesus says, give your life away for my sake and the sake of the good news, and you will be blessed, and the world will never be the same. I hope you know the Lord loves you. This is your call. In the Welcome Center, there are all the dream teams listed. You can pray over them, read them. Sign up for one if the Lord leads you to do that. Dream team cards, the blue cards in the chair backs, you can do those as well and turn them in. I pray you will consider it, given the fact of what it can do in and through you. And when you do your part, it allows Jesus to do his. 
We're going to have communion together in just a moment. For those of you that don't know, communion is, communion is for believers to recall and remember what the Lord has done for us. All seasons, that team is going to bless you by serving you. Because that's what leaders do. They serve. They wash feet. And anybody that teaches you otherwise, I wouldn't follow that leadership. If you're not a believer in Jesus or you've never surrendered your life to Christ, you don't need to take communion because it's for believers, but you can certainly observe and watch people worship in that way. Or what if right now you just called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and asked him to forgive you of your sin, come into you right now and save you? The gospel says we are saved by our faith through the grace of God, the grace of God that washes your feet even though you're you're dirty, and you're a sinner. Judas, Judas, Judas isn't in heaven. Judas is in hell. Did you know that? I can tell you that for a fact. I don't need to show, we don't have time to get into the scriptures, but scriptures tell you. Imagine the Lord. How heartbroken would he be to wash Judas's feet? How heartbroken would he be to know that he will be separated from Judas? He loved him. And he's washing his feet. I bet he was so heartbroken. You're saved by God's grace through faith when you believe that Jesus is the Son of Man, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. That he died on a cross to take away your sin. It's the only way you could be absolved of it. And that he rose from the dead three days later. In two weeks, we start a new series called All Things Resurrection. I cannot wait. If the resurrection didn't happen... this, this, is, this is just a cute little illustration that means nothing. Jesus rose from the dead. He's alive today, physically sitting at the right hand of the Father, his Holy Spirit with us right now. He'll forgive you right now if you ask him. Ask him. Call on his name right now. It is the best decision you'll ever make. It's not the end of your faith. It is the beginning. Host team, or all seasons, I would ask you to start passing out communion. We're going we're gonna to worship in song, and then as you get the elements, and then sometime during this all, we'll pause and we'll take communion together. I love you so much. God loves you so much more. Let's keep worshiping him and watch what he does in our lives. Again, I pray you'll consider checking out Dream Teams out in the Welcome Center. And uh, just thank you for being the church. I love you. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. But don't stop there. Like or subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video, update, or message. And not only that, share this message with a friend or somebody that you know. So many people out there need hope and encouragement, and you have the ability to bring that to them. Finally, if you're in the Omaha area, we would love to have you join us. We would love to meet you. God bless you.